I'm your host Chris, and here we'll be delving into the multitude of strange occurrences that happen within Scotland. You can contact us with your accounts at the Scottish Paranormal Podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Podbean, and contact us by either means. Tonight's episode, we're interviewing Ron Halliday. Ron is a graduate of Stirling and Edinburgh Universities. He's been investigating the paranormal for over 40 years. He was a founder and chairman. Scottish Earth Mysteries Research. He's written several books on the topic and been in numerous television and radio programmes, including BBC Newsnight. For a number of years, he wrote The X-Files Palm and The Glasgow Evening Times, and his books, which can be found on Amazon, include UFOs of Scottish Dimension, McX, Scotland's X-Files, UFO Scotland, The A to Z of Paranormal Scotland, Evil Scotland, Haunted Glasgow, Edinburgh After Dark, Famous Scots and Supernatural, Mysteries of the Scottish Landscape, and his most recent book, Alien Spirits. As I said, all these books can be found on Amazon. Um, I'd just also like to thank Ron again for taking his time out to do the interview. So find a quiet space, plug yourself in, get a cup of tea, maybe a wee beer, chill out and listen in. So this is this is Ron Halliday, paranormal investigator for yeah, over 40 yeah, years now. Yeah, 40 years, yeah, afraid so. <laughs> Obviously, the paranormal within Scotland. What can he got you in uh, the paranormal at the start? I mean, was it from a young age or was it from an older age? Or what yeah. can he got you into it yourself? Yeah, well, I mean, it was from a young age. You know, my grandmother, she came from up north, up Aberdeen way, and she was interested in spirits. In fact, she was somebody who said she could see the spirits of the dead, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, she'd see them walking round the house and, uh, you know, which wasn't very reassuring if you're of a nervous kind of disposition, you know. Mm-hmm. But she was interested and, uh, you know, she did some kind of spiritualist reading sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I had that from one side. My dad, he, he was a scientist, but he was interested in what was psychical research, you know, mm-hmm. actually interested in what people were kind of um, testing a psychic phenomena to ah, see right, you know, if they could gain re- you know, like telepathy and stuff like that. So I kind of got it from uh, both sides. So, yeah, and there was various books around the house when I was a kid. I read, you know, some of them and kind of frightened myself, you know. But, yeah, but I kind of got into it in that way and the interest never left me. So it seems like it's been a bit of an education as well, yep. coming through at an early age. Yeah, definitely an education, you know. Right. <laughs> do you think, being into the, the paranormal for that long, do you... Do you see a change? Have you seen a change in the beliefs of people in the paranormal? And and going back to obviously like your grandmother's days, and, and even kind of coming through now, and you see people trying to put like a, a scientific slant in it now. And there's more um, things. Basically, there's a lot more electronic equipment where you can find things and you can see things and and even sometimes validate things. You know what I mean? Do you, do you see a difference between 
the perception of people between then and now? Um, well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to be sure, you know, but I mean, obviously there's been a long-standing interest in certain aspects of the paranormal, mm-hmm. you know, stretching back. Obviously, people have been seeing ghosts and, you know, odd, odd objects in the sky, you know, for hundreds of years. But I mean, I think, you know, there was an attempt, I mean, even during the 19th century, the Society for Psychical Research, you know, there was an attempt to kind of measure psychic phenomena or measure ghostly activity. I mean, you know, they did try to use instruments then. Mm-hmm. I think, obviously, instruments have got a bit more sophisticated, yeah. you know, in uh, in the modern era. But I mean, I don't know if people's attitudes have changed in the sense that I think a lot of people are still convinced they've seen ghosts. You know, a lot of people convinced that, you know, ghosts don't exist. Mm-hmm. I think it is fair to say that uh, nobody's come up with any 100% definite proof that there are such things as ghosts or, for example, you know, that aliens are visiting us from another planet. So, I mean, I think there's going to, there's always going to be a bit of debate in terms of what people are actually experiencing when they see things which, you know, seem kind of, well, to put it bluntly, supernatural. These days, and I say these days, but like these kind of ideas go even like back a lot further as well, where it's some people's belief that, like, regardless of what time frame they were in, that like ghost sightings and um, spiritualism and UFOs and they're all kind of separate encrypted stuff like that. It's all kind of separate entities, and you're, you're getting the ideas that I'd say maybe these days. I mean, people are coming up with that it's all kind of linked together, but even. There's, when you go back to quite a lot of stuff in the past, even some people in the past linked a lot of this kind of phenomenon together and put it in just like the one basket. What's yeah. your kind of view on that? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it seems like these, you know, things which seem on the surface different, you do think, you know, probably could be connected in some way, though the connection's not easy to see, except in the fact there's some things that seem if you like, out of the, well, things that seem to defy not just common sense, but sometimes the physical laws of nature. So, I mean, I think, you know, there must be some connection between them all. I mean, if you take people's UFO sightings, sometimes these seem quite quick, you know, they're over in a short space of time. Sometimes people see spacecraft that they can actually kind of see through the same way that people see through ghosts, but ghosts can appear solid. UFOs can appear solid. So I think there's some kind of connection there. I mean, and, you know, the connection might be that people are seeing things from other worlds or other dimensions, and this explains why you get these kind these sightings of all kinds of strange things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, the scientists, I mean, say there are potentially some scientists it's always controversial, obviously, some of this stuff always is. But some scientists certainly argue that there are multi-universes, so there are, you know, our universes, universe exists in conjunction with lots of other universes, and possibly people are seeing into other universes, other worlds, you know, at different periods of their development, which does seem, you know, very strange. But, I mean, it's a possible explanation. I, th- I think as well as you get, and again, regardless of any kind of time frame, it's sometimes it could be somebody's either what the beliefs they've got that they may perceive that certain phenomenon to be that certain thing to them. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. if yeah, somebody absolutely. thinks it's a, 
let's say they're, they're, they're highly religious, they might think it's an angel and then somebody else might yeah. perceive it to be yeah. like an alien or a UFO or whatever else. Yeah. But there's, there's so much evidence out there that all this kind of phenomenon is out there. Over the last, uh, over like 40 years you've been investigating the paranormal, you must have seen some sites, investigated some cases and and um, seen some, heard some stories and what's, what's been the, the most, in, in your terms, what kind of you've seen within your time within either like Scotland, What's been the, the kind of most case of cases that's perplexed you the most, or kind of you thought was like the, I mean the ones that stand out with um, either evidence or perplexing you because that was there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, there's a lot of cases that are perplexing because, in the sense that, I mean, they defy common sense mm. and they're very, very hard to explain. I mean, I recall one which is one that's always intrigued me because it kind of involves kind of strange conjunction of um you know of events i mean and this involved a 10 year old girl uh, she was living on a farm in the country out in perthshire way and she used to walk into the woods near her house and this day she walked into the woods and as she was walking through the woods she came across this group of small blue men and they looked at her and she was actually frozen to the spot she couldn't move the next event she experienced was a beam of light coming down, and then she was lifted up into a, what seemed like a spacecraft. And here she was sort of examined, sort of briefly examined, or seemed brief to her. And then she was actually beamed back down into the woods. When she got back down on the ground, you know, she got the power back into her legs and she ran home. Mm. When she got home, she thought she'd only been away for a short time. But it turned out her parents had been out looking for her. In fact, were on the point of calling the police because she'd been away for hours. Mm-hmm. And after that, she was unwell for a few days. What, what fascinates me is that combination of what you might call traditional, almost folklore event, somebody going into the woods yeah. mm-hmm. and being confronted by sort of small, small blue beings. When I say blue in Scotland was actually the colour of the supernatural rather than green, mm-hmm. which is what we tend to think today. So blue is the colour of the supernatural. So she met these blue bears, and then she's taken up what seemed like a spacecraft. So, I mean, it is a very strange combination of events which kind of makes you think, well, you know, what's going on there? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how come somebody has that, if you like, crossover experience? And uh, now this person turned out, so she eventually became a social worker, and um, this experience, you know, absolutely never, never left her. And, of course, it was difficult you know, because of what she, kind of work she got into to talk about it, you know. So, I mean, I, I and, I, you know, her story was very believable in terms of what she experienced, but how you explain it in terms of our understanding of how the world works, you know, that's a lot harder. Going with the cases like that, you mentioned folklore there, and you look through history, you know what I mean, and you've got, even in, like, like mainland UK, and you've got, like, in Europe, I mean, you've got all the cases of the Fae, and, and stuff like that, and it's the same, as I was saying earlier on, it's like the same type of ph- phenomenon, but it's a different time period, and they're seeing different things, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's always been there, mm-hmm. they're always living there, like, just uh, with the bandwidth of what people can normally see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and people do, you know, still see, you know, fairies or nature spirits, whatever you want to call them, I mean, you know, up until the present day, you know, I mean, in recent times, you know, in the last few years, I mean, you know, people claims have seen fairies. So, I mean, and 
of their nature type spirits, you know. So, I mean, you know, it is a continuing, if you like, phenomenon, but one that's sort of like being pushed back a bit. I think people are a bit more reluctant to talk about having seen, you know, those kind of beings, whereas they're willing to talk about having seen a UFO because that seems like up to date and technical. But saying, you know, I saw a fairy run along the road, you know, mm-hmm. that's something that people find a little more difficult to own up to. But, I mean, like, you know, these things can be very, quite disturbing. I mean, there was a chap I was um, um, interviewed and, went, to, you know, went to see where he'd had this experience who, when he was taking his dog out, he saw what turned out, because it ran right up to him, turned out to be something which looked like a goblin. You know, it was like a small goblin height. And he said it was sort of black, had a black sort of leathery kind of um, skin on, you know. Mm-hmm. And and he said, you know, just stood there and looked at it and then ran off. And this guy was an engineer and he was, you know, really quite shaken by this experience because he couldn't understand, you know, how he could see anything like that. It just seemed so out of his normal um, parameter of uh, belief and uh, yeah he was really quite disturbed and uh, spent a lot of time trying to you know come to terms with having an experience like that yeah. so I mean these experiences you know some people find the experience pleasurable you know or interesting other people find it disturbing so it's uh, I mean these things can affect people in different ways definitely I mean it's and that's it it's like that all this kind of Phenomenon. It seems to link through history, and it's, it's sometimes it's it's either appearing as something else, or mm. it's the same thing, or appearing as the same thing, and just being perceived as something else. Mm. That's kind yeah. of what it seems to be. Yeah, um, I think you're right because I mean, you know, I know one woman who she had heard this. This is in Glasgow. She had this strange, heard this strange noise, you know, on the roof, and she went upstairs, and then this beam of light came down, and this being came down and sort of stood in front of her and to her, her you know it was a religious experience you know because mm-hmm. she described this person as um, looking like Jesus you know Jesus Jesus like type mm-hmm. of clothes on this kind of stuff you know but you're never quite sure you know I mean was she so religious that she wanted to see that kind of figure appearing. I mean, if she'd been interested in someone else, would some other kind of figure appeared? But I mean, you know, again, I mean, you get this strange combination of events, you know, where the UFOs get mixed up with other types of phenomena, mm-hmm. and uh, which makes it doubly puzzling. You know, you know, it's, a, it's uh, a puzzling case. It's a puzzling kind of aspect to any. You know, what I mean, let alone you maybe have a. A UFO sighting with a Bigfoot or or, or some that together. Mm. I mean, it's mm. it's harder it's hard to, hard to tell one of these stories, let alone link the two <laughs> them into one story and be and be perceived know, as yeah. rational and sane. You know, what I mean, at the end of the Aye. day. Yeah. So, out of all the kind of um, cases you've looked at as well, like, um, I know obviously that's kind of perplexing cases. Most of them are anyway. What ones have kind of scared you or played in your mind the most? Well, I mean, the, uh, well, I mean, you know, ones that I've played on my mind is the uh, um, period I spent investigating the medium Ray Todd, which I wrote a book about alien spirits. Spent a couple of years visiting him, you know, almost um, every week, um, every couple of weeks, sorry, and recording all the seances. And alien spirits are 
given account of all the experiences I had mm. and what I saw in those experiences. And with him, you know, I saw all these strange faces would come through, which you could see quite clearly come over his face. And this included alien spirits as well, spirits that had the appearance of alien faces. And this kind of thing I found really... Oh, there we are. Sorry. Right. Okay. Yeah, I can see you now, yeah. Sorry, I don't know. Aye, so just uh, getting back to, I'll show you, getting back to the book. Oh, yes. <laughs> spirits, yeah, you got it. Got it there, yeah. <laughs> so you know, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But, I mean, all these things that I saw there, these alien spirits, I mean, plus all the things that happened there, you know, the room would practically disappear, Ray would practically disappear in a kind of white blob. And there was so much went on. And, I mean, I really... I mean, I suppose of all the experience I've had, it was that that really preyed on my mind a lot because it's difficult to, you know, A, come to terms with the fact that you could experience that with another person in just in an ordinary room yeah. and that all these alien things were coming through. It was really very, very strange. And it really made you think about the universe. I mean, you know, you can say it was common sense. If there are alien entities out there, well, I mean, you know, if we've got souls or spirits, then, you know, they must have it too. And I think that was something that really made me think about the kind of universe that we live in, you know. Mm -hmm. No, it's, it's, it's a strange case. And it's, um, it is, it's definitely quite strange, you know what I mean? Mm. And uh, I've heard it I've heard it before, the actions of it and stuff. And, yeah, yeah. Um, aye, but it's definitely intriguing. Mm -hmm. Um has it indirectly affected you from it? So and so from that, I mean, is there any you'd find that maybe, like from that case of it disturbed you, affected you, not just actually when it happened, but you think it maybe affected you after, or in another like place or situation? You get you get these things, and obviously you get, like for example, the, the hitchhiker example of that, which would, like some entity would kind of latch onto somebody, or it maybe mm -hmm. try to cause like trickster or issues yeah. or whatever else. Or have you ever had yeah, anything like yeah. that? We doing, we do, I can imagine yeah. doing all the kind of different investigations <clears> you've done that you would come across some strange cases and that. And it's the kind of thing you hear yeah. time and time again with these things. Well, I've certainly come across folk who've been, you know, who've been um, had problems with poltergeist activity and actually, you know, poltergeist, you know, actually trying to invade their body and such like. I mean, but I mean, and they, those kind of things are disturbing, you know. I mean, mm. because you do think, well, somebody could be, if you like, um, I mean, physically affected in that way. I mean, if somebody's, for example, there's a bloke I was investigated, and I was through in Glasgow, and lots of thoughts of he'd been followed by this poltergeist, effectively, and loads of things had happened in his house, you know. And um, he had messages through and all this kind of stuff. And eventually, you know, this kind of creature, which he described, looked like an electrical, that's what he said, looked like an electrical kind of creature, or electric current or something like that. Mm -hmm. You know, eventually this creature actually tried to get inside his body. I spent a fair amount of time with him. And, I, I'm, and you know, you can see yourself, well, is that going to follow me home? But I've never had that experience. Like bring bring your work home, that's uh, as as another yeah, um, theory yeah, of bringing your work yeah. home with you. <laughs> bringing, yeah, bringing the, you know, bringing the, but I've, I've never, I've never, I mean, I've heard people saying they've had that happen to them, yeah. you know, that they've had that experience, you know, being somewhere, you know, had an experience and they've gone home, yeah, and they found this this whatever it is, entity or, you know, whatever's causing it, has followed them home, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, 
you know, had, you know, women saying, you know, it seems to be certainly women, but saying, you know, they've had some energy, try to get into bed with them, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, really quite frightened by, you know, I mean, I'm saying frightened by these experiences, and also just making it up or anything, yeah. frightened, they have that feeling, you know, and so, I mean, you know, you, you can, if you like, you know, you can maybe get into that situation where it preys on your mind, but all I can say is I, I've never had, you know, once I've been there, and investigate so I'm going to try to shut it off a bit mm-hmm. you know I've never had a problem with anything um, following me back or anything as you were praying on my mind to the extent that I've been physically affected mm-hmm. I mean I've had my attitude affected by experiences yeah. you know but I've never been physically or any time you ever thought about not investigating because it, all these type of things can prey in your mind a, a lot as well uh, We've seen what's almost like um, kind of overthinking a lot of stuff, you know what I mean? Because yeah. he looks out there. Is there anything like that ever? Can he, you ever came to any conclusion, maybe thinking like, stop investigating because of anything like that? Or is it always, or you always had the yearn to either keep going and keep finding out what's out there? Mm, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you can overthink things, yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, I think you can easily let it pray in your mind. Mm. I can't say I've never been, you know, involved in something. You know, people see they say say strange creatures, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever. And they've had lots of odd encounters in in a house, you know, like somebody saying, you know, stuff like even like crucifixes spinning around in the house, and they tell you this kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, it can be slightly disturbing. You have to think, yeah, wait, hold, hold on a minute. But I've never been put off doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I think maybe because I was brought up with. I think yeah, having an education just, in the paranormal start off has probably yeah, put you in good right. stead for it. <laughs> it's always, you know, it's always been part a part of it. There's always been there, so you know I've, I've sort of got used to it. But yeah, but I never take it for granted. Hmm. I, mean, I don't think I ever say to myself, "Oh, there'll never be a situation where I'm going to be, you know, so scared that I don't want to carry on doing it." I think you know, yeah, you have to. I mean, you have to kind of keep an open mind about things and, and that's the main thing, you know, because people tell you things which they may be overreacted to, you know, I mean, maybe something's happened and then they start believing, you know, everything that happens in a house is poltergeist or everything, they, you know, maybe just glanced at the side and thought they've seen a, uh, a somebody walk, you know, I mean, you get all that. So, yeah, you have to be careful that, um, you know, people aren't just overreacting because of something that's happened. Or you get people seeing all the lights in the sky, which can be explained, you know, away and um, kind of build it up into something bigger. But, well, I mean, I don't very rarely encounter people who are sort of making anything up. I think most people who've had an odd experience, you know, certainly believe they've had an odd experience. And so, you know, therefore, I mean, when people come to you and... uh, with, uh, with an account of what's been going on, I mean, always listen to and you know, and try to f- find out what's actually happened. Do you find that um, it's like a re- relief for some people to actually tell somebody? Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, I think because people, you know, are concerned that they're not going to be taken seriously, they're going to be laughed at. You know, hmm. something disturbing's happened. So yeah, a lot of people find that it's helpful. Like speaking to me, or to, you know, people got a real interest in, you know, investigating um, the supernatural. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've certainly had that a lot, a lot of times from people. Was there any area within the paranormal um, 
that you were drawn to more. That means you maybe have like the you know, spirit side or whatever, or as we we're talking before about either you think it's just a big melting pot of everything, or is there any kind of area like some people maybe prefer looking at kind of UFOs, and some people prefer looking at um, like maybe demonology and stuff like that. I mean, I know yeah. like when I'd been always. Um, looking at the paranormal was mainly to do with UFOs and in the end and it kind of digressed into a lot of other stuff because it all it kind of links you know what I mean was that kind of yeah. same for yourself well I started off from being interested it was in Ghosts and Porter guys so I originally got interested in you know and uh, from that obviously I met people who had you know UFO experiences and so on and I was also interested in you know what kind of earth mystery sort of things ley lines and uh, all you know all that kind of mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff and dowsing and yeah and, and and the whole nature spirit thing so i mean basically i've had quite a wide interest because as you say i mean you know they seem in some way which is difficult to work out but i mean you have that feeling that somehow all these things do have a link i mean the link is obviously as i've said the supernatural mm-hmm. so there is a link there but what how you can drill that link down to something a bit more concrete is, you know, that's hard to, um, you know, that's hard to see. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I've, I've got a broad interest in uh, basically because I've been interested in it for so long. And, uh, you know, come, you come across other time you said demonology and, you know, witchcraft and all that kind of, all, and all those areas. You know, I mean, it, when you think of the supernatural, it covers quite a lot mm-hmm. of aspects, you know, I mean, so some people, as you say, specialise in things, but I, I like, uh, I sort of take an overview of what's been going on, mm-hmm. because I find them all, you know, really quite interesting, well, really interesting, you know, I mean, better, you know, some case, some, I mean, obviously you can't be delved deeply into everything, there's just not enough time to do no, it. No, that's it, no, so there's not. <laughs> try, try to focus on some things, you know. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you know, it's enough there for a hundred lifetimes. Totally, yeah. Do you do you think um, as an area, do you think Scotland's got a high number of paranormal cases? Oh yeah, oh god yeah. Well, you think of all the stuff, the ghosts, the portal guys, the UFOs, the Loch monsters, and you know the nature spirits, and you know goodness knows what else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think of all the UFO sites, the population of five and a half million or something. You know, I mean, there've been a lot of UFO sites. By comparison, you know, um, in terms of our population and goes, yeah, I mean, so it's, yeah, I mean, it, it's puzzling as to why there is so much activity mm-hmm. or reported activity in Scotland. And, you know, I mean, I don't know, but one possibility is this window into other dimensions mm-hmm. possibility, you know, where Scotland just seems to have more kind of windows into, if you like, other universes or, or, or something like that. That that might you know that might I mean you know okay it's a speculative explanation but I mean it's it's not it's not an explanation that is completely out with you know what scientists some scientists are saying these days mm-hmm. so I do believe it's a possibility you know and that's it as well for for all the reported cases it's how the amount of cases cases that go past that are unreported. You know what yeah. I mean? It must be yeah. phenomenal, um, yeah. the amount of cases that are unreported. Absolutely, because, I mean, you know, I get people telling me about UFO sightings I had 20, 30, you know, 40 years ago. I mean, you know, stuff comes up which is, you know, really quite... Well, it's not really possible to actually investigate anymore mm. because 
you know, it's gone and they've had this experience. But it's still interesting to have that report, you know, because you build up a picture of activity. I mean, you know, one thing you've learned is that there's been a continuous period of UFO activity in Scotland, you know, stretching back. But it just hasn't, it just didn't come up at the time, you know. Mm-hmm. I know, it's, I suppose we even looking back at some, although you could go to investigate them, at least you could link it to other cases or other sightings and, yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So can you yeah, I mean, read in another question that you were just, yeah. you were kind of getting to as well, but window areas. Um, mm. Do you think within Scotland as well, um, there's window areas where things happen more within, like, no, Scotland as a whole, obviously, there's, you get a lot of um, sightings and reports and stuff paranormal all over the place, but, but you see there's more places that are more prevalent in areas in Scotland that they get more cases than others. I mean, I think, you know, I think there's a, you know, there's a sort of um, uh, even distribution. I mean, I think, you know, I mean, if you take the UFO, you know, UFO stuff, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously in some areas there's been quite a more, there's been a more intense level activity. I mean, like, you know, Bonnie Bridge, obviously, a case in point where there's a lot of activity in the 1990s, mm-hmm. and then down in Dumfrieshire, you know, there's a lot of UFOs reported in the 1970s. And then, you know, even in East Kilbride, again, you know, um, going back 20 years, I would say, um, you know, there was, yes. so when you get kind of areas where there's, for a period, there's quite a bit of intense activity, and then it kind of moves on to somewhere else. But I think, I mean, ghost-wise, that's, you know, that's hard to, I mean, that's hard to quantify because, I mean, everywhere you go, I mean, there are, go- you know, there are ghosts, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how many haunted pubs there are, whether that's, <laughs> you know, I don't know what that's to do with, but I mean, you know, you get haunted pubs, Haunted hotels, haunted houses. Ghost tours in Edinburgh. Yeah, I know, that's right. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, it's, a, it's hard to quantify all the ghost activity because, um, you know, so many, so many have been reported from all over the place, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, probably about every second house in Scotland has seen a ghost at one point yeah, or another, you know, mm-hmm. all the castles and everything. So it's hard to quantify the ghost. I mean, the UFO, I mean, I did make an effort to quantify when I wrote that UFO Scotland, I did make an attempt at the time to quantify um, where UFO sightings were. And uh, at that time, you know, Glasgow was a lot lower than you would have expected population-wise, mm-hmm. while Lothians, you know, Edinburgh and that, was actually a lot higher. So, I mean, but what the explanation for that is, I just don't know. I just don't know whether it's because people hadn't reported, you know, UFO sightings, or whether I'd missed a lot of UFO sightings, you know, and um, somebody else had picked them up or something. It's hard to be sure, but certainly some areas, just on the UFO stuff, which I think, you know, recently more people have been, have been investigating over the last 30 years, mm-hmm. more people have investigated and reported. I think you can build up a picture of where there's been particular hotspots, you know, yeah. which, which is possibly this window thing. Otherwise, I mean, I'm, I'm just, you know, so somebody will say, well, why on earth would UFOs, you know, go to Bonnie Bridge, mm-hmm. you know, when they could, you know, land on the White House lawn? And it's a, you know, it's a fair point. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the, the, the only answer is, well, yeah, okay, that's a fair point. But, you know, people are reporting a lot of UFO sightings in particular areas, whether or not, you know, they're going to land on the White House lawn. So, I mean, you know, there's something strange going on, and it doesn't at times seem logical, you know, but on the other hand, people do have all kinds of completely strange experiences. You see, 
and see all kinds of strange entities. And you know, I don't think that can just be dismissed. And in your kind of um, broad time doing it, um, do you find that it goes through cycles or like flaps? Like there maybe you maybe get time scales where you'll get a lot of accounts and it'll die down for. Uh, or a, a lot of kind of paranormal encounters, or even UFO cases, and and then it'll kind of die down a bit, and then it'll start rising. Or do you do you find that like it goes through like a flap or a cycle? Yeah, I mean, well, I, mean, I think you know, the UFO is the classic example, you know, of things going through flaps. I mean, absolutely. I mean, you know, you've had periods where there've been a lot of sightings reported, periods when there have not been a lot of sightings reported. Now, I've emphasised the word reported, you know, because. UFO sightings are down to people telling somebody, you know, that they've had a UFO sighting. And it may well be that those periods where it looks like there was gaps or a lot less sightings, people just didn't report it to anybody for, for, for whatever reason, you know. So you can never be 100% sure even about UFO flaps. But there does seem to have been a really intense period in the 1990s mm-hmm. you know, when there were, in, in general, a lot more UFO sightings reported in Scotland. Stuff like ghosts, I mean, again, you know, as I said, it's hard as to quantify some of these things because, you know, I mean, there are constant um, ghost reports in the papers or, you know, people often say they've seen something. So, I mean, I think it's, that's harder to actually work out because I think there's just simply been so many ghost sightings over such a long period of time. Have you any theories on why some people perceive paranormal events more than others? I mean, yeah, I, I, I think that is, you know, absolute puzzle. I mean, I absolutely don't know. I mean, a lot of people, just go back to the UFO thing just for a minute. I mean, a lot of people, you know, maybe just have a one-off UFO site, you know, and, um, you know, classic, obviously Bob Taylor's encounter. I mean, that was the only UFO he ever, that he saw, no matter how intense it was, that was any time he ever had a UFO experience. But then, on the other hand, you get mediums, you know, who can contact spirits of the dead or, you know, regularly see spirits of the dead. So, I mean, there must be some kind of attunement taking place there, you know, if they're having these experiences, you know. So, I mean, maybe sometimes people are just, well, are born with that. I mean, I, I don't think I could sort of, you know, do that spontaneously. I mean... I've seen it through other, seen it through mediums, but I mean, I remember spontaneously, you know, had that experience, mm-hmm. and I think that's probably due for most people. So, I mean, I guess the answer to that, you know, is that some people are attuned to things, and it's possible when somebody, you know, somebody like the Bob had that experience for maybe for that short period, he became attuned to something, mm-hmm. you know, that, as he said, was out of this world. So, I think there must be something going on there which for, you know, in some people comes back regularly and for other people it's maybe just a one-off or a two-off event. So you find that now where there's even been cases where there's maybe a group of people and some people can see it and other people yeah. can't see it or yeah. one person can see it and the other person can't but then they'll be checking on um, different cameras and different types of technology and then the technology picks it up. For example, mm. like a an infrared camera or like uh, night vision or, or mm. such like so it's given a bit of credence to people who are actually seeing things you know what I mean yeah. so actually coming up on yeah. some of the technology because yeah. we've got mm. these days yeah yeah no that's true 
and yeah. some of some of the things I always think as well when you if you've got a belief in this and then if you had any doubt and then you go back to um, the if you go back now even to like the 2017 events that came out and stuff yeah. the, the tic tac and all that you know what I mean it's yeah. it's, it's been played to death a wee bit that right but it's uh, you still go back to that well they've seen yeah. that pilots have seen that it's recorded it's on every different type of sensor they've got. Yeah. They actually came out and said, right, they're up there, we don't know what they are. So yeah, yeah, you bring it back yeah. to that, then, right, you're right, I'm being rational here. You know what I mean? It's, yes, it's no, yeah, so yeah, that's, yeah. Like you could ask kind of where I can think now. You know what I mean? Have you ever kind of doubt yourself in any sense, like if something that maybe you'd seen or something maybe even believe in a story? Well, you bring it back to that and say, well, what's happening there? I mean, mm-hmm. and they're recording it and they're seeing it, and there's that much evidence these days as well and yeah. everything. Yeah. So what what were your what experiences have you had then, Chris? It's it probably one of the, the strangest cases. This was never even like told that much out with the family. Mm-hmm. It's it's one of the ones that stuck in my mind because I know it happened. I, I didn't see it. It was my mum and dad that seen it. Neither yeah. like, totally rational people. We stayed in a normal semi-detached uh, council house, ex-council house, whatever it was, in Armadale. The, the house was a strange house, and. The, the fact that I can remember to me what I could remember then I actually had recently called my sisters and stuff and I was getting a wee bit updating some other things that happened in the house um, so I'm the youngest of four uh, siblings and I've got three older sisters in the house the dogs and cats used to see something so they would they would um, get their hackles up and stuff like that and, and they would be either hissing or the dog barking or they'd be or either cowling away for something or they could see something so they'd maybe in the living room looking about at something that was there so that was happening quite a lot, and I mean, on occasion. My dad was a lorry driver, so he left on like a like a Monday morning. He wasn't back until the Friday night. He was a long distance lorry driver, so you can imagine you've got like you know, four young kids in the house and and like strange things happening, and then it's maybe blown out of proportion. So you could easily rationalise some of these things. You know what I mean? And, and through time, we, we, we did rationalise them and didn't dwell on all that stuff. That was kind of one thing with the dog and the cat and all that kind of stuff. And and then one other thing that happened where. My sister came home from school, she was 15, and she was either doing the dishes or she was at the kitchen sink getting a glass of water or something like that. And the radio was playing in the background, there was nobody in the house, my mum was out working and the rest of us were out uh, just at school, she'd come home from school early. Something grabbed her from behind. Right. So it grabbed her, it grabbed her on the shoulder behind and she turned around and there was nobody there. Yeah. She thought it was my sister or my mum or something like that, giving her a fright yeah. and actually grabbed yeah. her. Yeah. 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 So... She turned round and she she basically like panicked and she went outside and she sat in the the step outside until right. like, people came home. Right. So my mum came home and uh, asked her what had happened and she basically uh, told her the story and my mum told her it happened to her a few times in the house but she didn't right. tell she didn't right. tell anybody because right. of the fact that right. she didn't want to seem crazy or scare anybody as well. So it happened to my mum a few times. Right. On occasion in the house as well, the back door used to go. So. Right. We had big high hedges, fences, and and gates and stuff. And the back, the back handle used to go all the time as if somebody was turning the handle. And the strange thing is, you could actually hear the spring in the handle going first before you'd actually see it, right? So that happened on occasion. You could see it. We got to the point where um, you'd open the door, but nobody there. I got to the point where my mum phoned the police a few times. We thought we had a prowler, right? And we never found anybody. And even to the point when I was a wee bit older, I must have been 10 at the time, or 11, and somebody had tried the door and we were there. And I grabbed the door 
and opened mm. the door and there was nobody there. So mm. another story within the house is my mum let out a scream one day. It was like her and my sister in the house. My sister had the, a room that was downstairs um, mm-hmm. next to the living room. And my mum let out a scream. So my sister went in to see what happened. And, and what had transpired is my mum said there was a something black came out the floor and then dis- disappeared into the wall. Right. So... So that was that, you know what I mean? And this, it was quite, it's just quite a, a kind of yeah. funny feeling about the house, right? But the, the, yeah. other, the other story, oh, there was one other than that. So my sister was in that room. When she was slightly older, um, she had a boyfriend staying over. The boyfriend got up in the morning and said, like, I've had the strangest dream, right? And he said, yeah. but I swear it wasn't a dream, but it must have been a dream. So he woke up, right? And he yeah. said he'd seen, like, and it was like, I'm thinking back to the kind of goblin-like creature that you were talking about, right? He said it was like that. It was like a troll-like, ugly thing standing in the open wardrobe, right? There was like a kind of, a walk-in type wardrobe, but right. state used it, yeah. He said it was standing there, and then it transformed into a taller man, right? And then disappeared, right? And disappeared. So... He relayed that story, but this was it was it was down to a dream, right? So that's what he's saying. So he rationalised that right. as a dream story. Well, my sister actually told me that story, and then uh, when I was asking her to relay some of the the conversations and stuff like that was going on. So my mum and dad now that they're dead now, um, so I couldn't kind of go back and ask them about the story. But my mum did relay some of the story to me when I was younger. The story I can remember what transpired is I was out. I was must have been eleven or twelve at the time. I came in. My mum and dad were kind of bickering a wee bit when I left. And when I came back in, it was it was I can remember it being dark because it must have been like winter time or autumn time because it was like quite dark uh, when I came back in the house at night. You know what I mean? And I was out like playing and stuff. So I came in, expecting to still be kind of arguing or bickering, and they were actually looking round round the living room for something. So I got ushered off to my bed or whatever, and I found out what had happened. My mom told me what had happened. My sisters told me as well. So it was the. Um, they were middle of a really heated argument and the living room door was closed. And the living room, if you can imagine like the type of doors you get where it's not a handle, it's like a, a spring-loaded ball and in, in that and it was in a big hole. So you used to keep, so you could easily, really easily, you could push the living room door open, right? But you need to give it a good shove because there was like a, a kind of thick carpet on the other side, right? So they were in the living room, heated argument, the living room door burst open, right? And a black thing came in the living room. And as it came in, my, my dad actually turned around and thought it was a dog, and he was going to say, he, said, he turned to say, get out to the dog, but it wasn't. Right? And the, the yeah. thing, this thing came in, it travelled round his legs at knee height, right, round his legs, right. shot across the living room, right, and then yeah. it, it disappeared, right, and they were out, when I came in, they were up looking for this thing, and they didn't know what yeah. it was. The, the dog was locked in the kitchen, the cats were outside, yeah. and they didn't know what it was, right? It was like, and my mum, I can remember my mum's really in, one of the things my dad had said, he'd, he'd said um, yeah. it never had a head. It never had a head. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the kind of story I knew. It was like really, really strange. I know what happened because um, yeah. it was like, my mum and dad were, were quite rational people. They weren't like yeah. people or anything like that. And they never probably told a lot of people about the story. I know my dad wouldn't yeah. have told anybody about it because he was yeah. like a total yeah. sceptic. And it, yeah. it totally freaked yeah. him out. So... That was as far as I knew that bit of the story, and it was interesting. I was telling somebody else's story. It was another podcast, and I was like, I was just talking about the story, mm. and he said, "But he and he put the question. He said, I wonder if your dad's seen something different for your mum.' Mm. 
Mm. I said, well, what do you mean? He said, well, he said it about the head. And mm. I said, all right, I, I don't know. And he said, I wonder, if, I said, I couldn't, I can't ask them because the two of them are dead. So mm. it was, after that story, there was, there was probably a space of about a week or two weeks and I'd done the interview with Andy Swan again in, in Armadale mm. with the, yeah. the UFO encounter. And uh, yeah. he, he stayed around the corner for us. Oh, did he? Aye, oh, right. aye. Oh, so um, right. I, I knew about the, the story and stuff like that. Then, right. so, right. so the interesting thing for that was um, when I was talking to Andy and during the podcast, he'd said he'd, he'd seen a few, um, mm-hmm. had a few more sightings quite recently. Mm-hmm. So the sightings he'd seen, I think he'd seen like a, it was like a white sphere or orb type thing. Uh, with, with right. going around it, and he took a video. Mm-hmm. Of it. He's got a, a video on his phone, and he'd seen something else. And he stays up in that kind of vicinity now. And um, the funny thing is, after I put the podcast out and stuff, um, I got somebody coming back to me, and they said I've also I've also seen something as well in Armadale recently, and uh, it was in the same area he was talking about. And just, I think her words were it was quite unnerving. You know what I mean, that's what she said. She stayed across the road from where I stayed, and it wasn't until a week after I kind of thought, I'm going, I'm going to contact. Her because she was my mum's best friend to find out if she knew the story, right. right? So, so I asked about the story and she knew about the story. So the the story goes, um, which is it's a bit more kind of additional on it, right? Which is it was quite mad, but she said that she knew the story quite well, and she goes, she only went to the house once after that, after it happened, right? Her, my mum, and a few others had went to. Um, uh, what was it called again? A clairvoyant or something in Glasgow. Aye, 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 aye. And my mum never got taken, so she kind of organised for the the women to come back to the house on a later date, and they were going to get a few people round and stuff. At this point, this happened. Um, my sister was out the bottom room now, and it was a dining room type thing. Aye, aye. So when the when the I think the she said the the clairvoyant or, or medium was was for Helensborough. That's where she said she was from Helensborough. She, she was really good, and she. She, she came to the house, my mum met her at the front of the house mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. on arriving at the house she got uh, she said she got uh, like a bad feeling straight away and she, it was the day yeah. we, um, we had like two rowing trees out the front of the house right and then we had like a rowing tree at the back of the house or, like in a kind of yeah. triangle or yeah. that kind of stuff yeah. and she had a funny feeling about some part of the house so anyway mm-hmm. she's doing the readings and when it got to my mum the, the medium told her that my dad was having an affair Right, she she told right. her the story about my dad was having an affair to right. the point we got into kind of some detail and stuff, and right. it was a, f- a good few days later my dad came back and then uh, my mum yeah. confronted him and that was the yeah. night, okay, so that was the night that uh, right. he, he confronted confront uh, she confronted right. my dad, right. so that had happened. Right. She but the story was this thing came in the living room right, it ruined yeah. my dad's legs, yeah. and she said it was on the couch and it was moving yeah. on the couch that fast they couldn't discern what it was, and yeah. then it disappeared. Yeah. And then later on, they said there was a bad smell coming from the room next door. I mean, they went next door, yeah. they seen this thing that yeah. was like a, a creature type thing in the corner. Yeah. And then it, it disappeared, and it was like the thing that the guy had seen before. Yeah, right. Absolutely mad story. I mean, totally that mad, is, you know what I mean? But it's... Yeah, um, that's a, that, is, that, that is a fascinating story. I mean, yeah, that's really, that is really fascinating. Have you written that down? I've got it, I've got it recorded and stuff. I've no I've never like I've never really um spoken about the story. Um right. to, it, it's no out there in a the sense. I, I think I'd I think I'd uh, post it to Alison once and told her it just in a kind of message, but 
it's hard yes. to relay something in a, in a kind of written down message and it is you don't get the actual a good explanation yet. I should actually write to do a bit better um, in that sense but I've I've recorded that mm. but it's it's um, it was just like for me it was one of the kind of strangest stories that stuck in my mind for the fact that yeah. I knew my mum and dad well and they weren't mm. the, the type of people to fabricate anything and they weren't yeah, the type of people quite, yeah. well listen I'd like to like, thank you very much for your time and no, uh, it's, it's, been, it's been, been really really good speaking, talking yeah. to you yeah no, it's been great speaking and you know hearing your stories you know your accounts as well it's been really